Welcome to Between Life and Money, Finding Balance with Jeffrey Panic from Balance Wealth Partners. In this space, we're keeping it real about money, unraveling the intricacies of spending and investing and making it all about you. Dive into the journey of striking the perfect balance between enjoying the now and preparing for what's next. Money talk might seem complex, but we're here to simplify it. Join us as we, along with experienced guests, are planning for more than retirement. We are planning for life. Hello, and welcome to the Between Life and Money podcast with Jeff Panic. Jeff, good to be with you again. Thanks, Bill. Good to be with you as well. You have an interesting topic here. We were talking a little bit about it before we started the recording, but financial education programs, I have found them in my experience to be strongly lacking, or even if they exist at all. What, what's your take on all of this? Yeah, so that, that's one of the things that we've seen more recently. Uh, right now, there's about 22 states that have financial literacy programs. And of those states, even a lot of the programs, there's a really question whether or not they're actually productive, meaning they actually teach the students what you know is important for today's financial world. Yeah. Uh, just simply writing a check out of your checkbook for some people coming out, they have no concept of that, which is makes it for very complicated balancing of everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that like when I was a kid, my financial education really was at one point, you know, my dad, you know, opened a checking account and gave me a checkbook and I wasn't allowed to write anything, but it was like the idea is that this is money in a bank. And when you write a check, you have to subtract what you have in the bank. And that was about it. I had to figure the rest of it out from there. Yeah. yeah. And, and you would think with the, uh, the ability to go online, that there would just simply be a robot or, you know, artificial intelligence that you could just yeah. turn everything over to, you know, but in some instances, the less informed you are, the greater likelihood you are to have a uh, you know, problems in the in further in life. No, no, I was going to say it's fine if you can turn it over to somebody or something, but it doesn't educate, it doesn't eliminate the need to be educated about it because uneducated, unlearned, you are vulnerable to those who want to scam you, who want to, you know, run unbelievable scenarios past you. And, it's and necessary, I, right? It, it is. And I, I go back to the fact that you, you just, just by taking one class, it doesn't solve the complexity of everything. And, I, you know, that's the concern that I have for a lot of individuals coming out, students and young people, is the fact that they're just not being educated in the schools and they may not have the best family background to get that education that comes from being in a home where you learn on an ongoing basis over 15 to 18 to 20 years yeah. how to do just basic tasks and understand how to even balance your budget every month. What do you think these courses should be teaching or, you know? I think they should have an outline that provides the students with understanding debt, starting with student loans, all mm. the way to credit cards and understanding how important it is to save rather than buy the latest watch. I wouldn't even say watch. I would say probably phone, you know, or even going yep. and getting, getting a, uh, you know, going to Starbucks or going to one of the stores and buying something, you know, that's really disposable, you know, that would, if you start adding that up on a, on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis, if you have 20 or 30 years, it could be a significant amount of money that you could put away rather than just getting a cup of coffee. Well, let's just talk about student loans for one really quick second. It, it amazes me how many people who have student loans don't understand, even though they sign their name to the paper, that they have a debt that they're obligated to repay, that they did so 
consciously, willingly, and put their name on a piece of paper saying, hey, I I have a debt obligation. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, and it's really, I mean, it's a challenge given the cost. And, I, you know, you can look at the, there's different uh, figures that you can look at. I mean, I look at right now, average is about 1.8 trillion we have in student debt. And that is something that can be insurmountable uh, when you're thinking about starting a family, buying a home, doing basic things that most people have taken for granted over the years. And with the inflation, which most people kind of understand what that is now, the cost of education is probably one of the most inflated items that we've seen over the past 30 or 40 years. Yeah. So what should we do, Jeff? I mean, where do we start with this? I think you can't make an excuse that just because the school or the community, you don't have financial courses available. It doesn't mean that there's not ways to become financially educated. And I think that's, I think the main point is that what we're going to see more and more, whether it's the deficit that we're running as a country or even the student loan debt, what's going to end up happening is it's going to be more responsibility on the individual to try to make better decisions. One of the things that we look at is, you know, whether, and I I always tell people, you know, whether you're looking to try to graduate from college debt free or, you know, when is the best time to take your social security, there's a multitude of informational sources, you know, whether it's listening to a podcast like this one or taking modules online from various providers. You get anything you can share with us in the way of resources or where people could go? Sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously, if you go online, there's a lot of sources. And I always say the most important thing when you're looking at various programs, whether it's online or just different lessons or modules, it's just important to understand the company that's offering them, you know, what their incentive is to offer the programs. You know, are they trying to sell you a product? You know, are you paying? Is it free? You know, sometimes the things that are free usually can cost you more than the things where you actually pay for just by making mistakes and, and not really being fully educated. That's the biggest thing that I could pass along is really what you want to do is find something that works for you. You're learning. Everyone learns differently. And Mm. and it's important to really try to build something around the way that you learn uh, specifically as opposed to a group. And so I use the example and say, well, there may be a five or six hour course on how to graduate debt free or how to buy a home or how to combine or merge assets when you're getting married. But what you have to really do is you really have to break that down and really look and say, well, I'm going to look and focus on that maybe 30 to 45 minutes at a time. And what we found, if you sit there for two or three hours, and a lot of cases, even in an hour, you'll probably want to take a nap and probably fall asleep. <laughs> so, you know, it's probably, you know, it's probably not brutal honesty approach. from your financial advisor. It's, this can get grueling. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the biggest challenge with the education system and learning is to really tailor it to the way every, every student learns. Everyone learns individually and separately. And what you have to really do is you want to try to gear it to where you can get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a really important second point, which is to remember that you and I and people learn differently. We go at things differently. Exactly. And and, and I think that's the understated thought here that no two individuals or families really are the same. And that really could be a good example that I always use. As I say, I could have two couples 
you know, they have both have the goal of saving for their children's college. Right. They may have the same exact time frame and everything. They may become educated on, you know, funding college, understanding the cost and everything, but they may have two different specific ways that they go about accomplishing the goal, completely different approaches. And one may say, you know, they may come to me and they say, I want to make sure I know how much it's going to cost monthly or annually to save to fully fund, you know, our child's college. While the second couple might believe, you know, that their children should have some skin in the game. And that basically means that, you know, maybe it makes sense for their child to maybe have a little bit in loans or maybe go out and try to get some scholarships and grants. They're okay with paying a large portion, you know, but they may feel that by taking on some of the debt, a small amount even, that they may understand that they're actually studying and working and they may have to actually pay a portion of it in the future. So they may want to take it a little bit more seriously. You know, and I also see this especially true because anyone that has had a child that's gone through college in the process of getting the offer letters and, you know, their different schools and which one they want to go to understands that even if it's a private public, they all have different aid programs and they all, there's aid coming in differently. And so, I can see sometimes where I have a child that wants to go to a school that's private with minimal aid, you know, versus a public or private school where there's plenty of aid available, Mm. you know, and that's where it comes into just having a tough conversation, much like the six or seven hours where you just don't sit there and say, you're not going. It's really a matter of time and spending time with the child, having them understand the consequences for not getting aid and not getting the grants and going somewhere where you have to rack up a huge amount of debt. You make a really good point there because let's call it involvement, but really what you're talking about is everybody needs to be on the same page as it were. You need to communicate with all the parties involved so that, you know, when you involve the kid in the, you know, the family in the process, you end up with a well-informed group of people as it were. Exactly. And I mean, it's one thing if they say, you know, forget it, I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do and they do it. And that's that's a whole separate conversation. And there are certain times where it can make sense to go to an engineering, medical, something where there is a return on the investment that costs more. And that's really the discussion, really. You have to balance really the cost of the education versus the expected income and earnings that you will have afterwards. Thanks so much for listening to Between Life and Money, Finding Balance. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.balancewealthpartners.com and through all our social media platforms that are listed in the show notes. That's a really, really good point because there are many different kinds of schools and every kid has a different kind of passion or an idea of what they want to do. Frankly, you know what? It can be a little overwhelming. It can be. And, you know, that comes down kind of like we were speaking about a little while ago is just communication. The most important thing is life is to, in life is to be able to communicate, especially with your spouse, as you probably know, or yeah. significant other by not communicating with them. You know, that is the surest point to having uh, friction and difficulty. And I always say, you know, whether it's like, where are you going to go to dinner tonight? You know, where are we going? Or whether you're going to make an offer on a home, you both need to be on the same page and be able to communicate. And uh, that allows you to make an informed decision. And really, no one comes in after the fact and says, you know, 
I didn't really want to get Chinese, you know, I wanted to get uh, pizza, <laughs> you know, so it's really, you know, a matter of trying to find a compromise in the middle and communicating about it, because that's what often happens. And yeah. again, and, and the other challenge with it is it's easy to kind of go along with the program because there's only so much time usually available in everyone's day and schedule. But at the same time, it's just really important to communicate about what your common financial goals are. And you really want to develop a plan to learn and become financially literate in those areas together. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you all have to, you know, both couple, the couple has to both learn and do the same exact thing. You know, really when I meet couples, people merging their families, getting married, a lot of times they have very different backgrounds as it relates right. to their financial, okay. financial backgrounds. And, you know, it's extremely important to kind of talk about merging them. And at some point, and, and a lot of couples will do that over time, which a lot of times I think makes a lot of sense, rather than just changing everything overall at one time, you know, it could be more of a gradual process. And the other thing is, you know, different the couples, one may have a better expertise or one may be more comfortable handling the banking, you know, yeah. while the other handles the insurance side of things. It's really a matter of just going back to that whole communication, understanding fundamentally what each is doing. And, you know, I say sometimes I have couples where there's only one that does everything. And usually that's not really a good idea because that just creates issues along the way especially without communication and having a misunderstanding. And just like, you know, if you work at a normal company, you want to communicate and you want to have a meeting, you know, you whether have a, typically a quarterly meeting at least talking about your family finances, you know, discussing what you did right, what you did wrong and being completely honest about that. And, you know, if you need to change your life goals or something changes, you can do it and discuss how to move forward. But by not having the communication and not talking about, not talking about these issues, it just further exasperates conflict and friction. Money, in some cases, is the leading cause of divorce. And it's not surprising why in a lot of cases. No, it's not surprising at all because money can be emotional all by itself. Money in, in, a, in, a, in a family situation or in a partnership can be a source of friction. Let's mm -hmm. leave it at that. And sometimes it gets overwhelming. I take this, your next point is really important. It doesn't have to be overwhelming because there are enormous amounts of resources out there and all you have to do is ask for help. That's the first thing is to ask for help. The longer that you try to pretend you know what's going on or you completely know the topic, that's really where you run into trouble. And I always tell people it's important to find a trusted family member or professional like myself. Yeah. The important thing is that you find someone who understands the topic and can work with you over time to achieve your various financial life goals. By doing that, you can have almost someone that is in your corner that's trying to work with you and trying to make sure everyone is on the same page. A lot of times I will meet with couples, there's usually one that will always wanna meet more than the other or less. And you always wanna define kind of what everyone's responsibilities are at the beginning. I think that's the critical thing, dealing with your finances, dealing with life. You wanna understand who's supposed to do what, because if you don't understand and you're just sitting there trying to guess, figure it out, usually you're going to have some problems along the way. And also, I'm just thinking about times that you can find yourself in situations where there's just a lot of information coming at you. And there's a, particularly like in a college situation, you have deadlines, you have, you know, have timeframes that you have to meet, their decisions have to be made. You know, it's not always easy to sort out by yourself. 
No. And, and, you know, what, and, and a lot of times what I try to do for people, and I may not have the exact solution that they need, but I can definitely provide them information and point them in the right direction. And what right. I've seen more recently are adults in their thirties, forties, early fifties, who are starting to have to care for their parents. Oh. And it's not usually something that you just wake up one day and say, well, you know, I've known that this is going to happen 10 or 15 years. And I've been prepared for it. I have a notebook or binder. I have everything ready to go. It's something that usually happens with a triggering event, you know, an accident, something mm-hmm. they, they start talking to their parents and there starts to be something a matter going to the doctor. And so a lot of times you have to make a quick decision and make an adjustment there. And so you know, what I try to do is be a resource for my clients and anyone else that has questions to try to at least provide them information that can try to help them understand and try to make as an informed decision as they can. That totally makes sense. I guess what really, in a lot of ways, people need to remember is whether they're 20 years old or they're 60 years old, this is not a one-day or six-hour process. It is not. I mean, what you have to do, and your goals change, and that's that's really the focus is where you have to, on an ongoing basis, monitor your financial situation, just like your health and most other things. And whether it's your car taking in or whether it's yourself you take in to see yeah. the doctor, <laughs> you just need to do that on an ongoing basis. It's the same thing with your finances. And just because initially you set up a short, intermediate, long-term goal and you have various goals they will change over time based upon your living and family situation. And so as they change, it's important to change. And at the same time, have someone that understands what you're trying to do, that has your background, understands where you've come from and can work with you to get that goal, whether it's, you know, whether it's paying for a wedding, whether it's going on a vacation or it's something like you want to retire on your terms. It's just important to understand the goal and have someone that can work through the process with you. Yeah. It's what you're saying basically sounds like it's a lifelong process. It is. And that, I guess, is the kind of, I guess, one of my final points I would say is regardless of what you do in life, your education or learning does not stop when you graduate high school or college or technical school. It is a process throughout life. Most people that are successful that I have known typically will spend time reading and will spend time on ongoing education because nothing is still, you're not in a vacuum. Things change on a consistent basis. And it's important to stay up on that and understand that as your life goals change and as you change, and even as you know, tax systems or education systems, all these things change over time. It's important to kind of stay ahead of that and at least understand why am I paying this on my on my taxes, or why haven't I, you know, why is my balance say this versus that? Why didn't I know about a specific type of investment or why didn't I know about specific type of account? It's important to continue to monitor and read and learn on an ongoing basis. Yeah. And I would I would add that you can do this on your own. Absolutely. I mean, this is not something you need somebody for, but I think financial advisors are also really helpful here. I think sometimes because people like you can be a, I hate using this word because it sounds so bad, but you're, you're a point of accountability, you know, it's just a, or, you know, maybe a guide, maybe you're, you're a guide to make sure people are staying on the path as it were. 
That's exactly right. You know, whether it's if the person has assets with me and I'm managing it and they have to call me and say, could I get an X amount of money? They're having to call me to ask to do that. So again, I understand their situation and I could get into greater detail to understand you know, why there's a sudden need to try to help them to make sure, you know, they're making an informed decision and they're not doing something in the sh- that's very short-sighted that cuts their, we always say, you know, it's like you cut your leg off to save your foot, basically. And that's really the way that I would look at some, wow. some decisions. And so it's really a matter of just providing a second pair of eyes, someone that can be objective and have your best interest in mind. Yeah, it's fair. I think a lot of people find, you know, the notion of going to a financial coach or a financial advisor kind of intimidating. They're not quite sure what to expect. And I think that they they hesitate. And and I think you see that especially with couples, especially if they haven't fully shared their information. There's a lot of anxiety around that. And so in a lot of cases, they just never get to merging their finances, never look at their benefits. There is tremendous savings when you get married combining your benefits, combining insurance, doing a lot of these things. But if you don't communicate about it, you're not able to take advantage of that. And, you know, that comes down, you know, the paramount to communicate and at least have a resource that you can work with that can try to help you reach, whether it's a short-term or long-term goal, but at least they know what it is rather than just trying to call a 1-800 number or try to figure out something online from a computer that's generated that doesn't have any background that really explains anything that you might in a way that you can understand because kind of getting back to the original conversation, everyone learns differently. And so that's the other important thing. Everybody's behavior is different and everyone learns differently. So what I try to do is tailor it towards the individual and the family based upon what their background and their understanding is. For those who are listening to the podcast, Jeff, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Maybe have a conversation with you if they haven't already. Sure. You can feel free to email me or call me and I can provide a wealth of resources to help find your right financial direction. What I always, as I said, want to be a resource and that's what I'm here for. That's excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. And listeners, we appreciate you taking the time to listen today. If you're not a subscriber to this podcast already, please hit the subscribe button. It's very easy. That way you won't miss another edition of this podcast as we move along with this conversation. Jeff is there. You know how to reach him. There's there's information in the show notes as well. Thank you for your time listening today. And if you like this podcast, we would humbly ask that you rate it, share it with other people, get the word out, let people know about the podcast. And for that, we thank you. I'm Bill Tucker for Jeff Panic and everybody at Balance of Wealth. We appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we remind you to go out and live your best life, not tomorrow, but today. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Between Life and Money, Finding Balance. Visit our website at balancewealthpartners.com, and don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. 
Content here is for illustrated purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Jeffrey Panic. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Balance Wealth Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.